0: Despite the Government, brought to you by Tam and Buega. This podcast is a window for African entrepreneurs and innovators within Africa and all across the globe to discuss ideas towards advancing the cause of a new vibrant Africa. Find and subscribe to Despite the Government wherever you get your podcast. This is Despite the Government's podcast. Enjoy this episode. Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining us again on this podcast. This is Despite the Government, a podcast highlighting the possibilities of private enterprises despite government laws and restrictions. Our vision is to contribute to the advancement of the African society through conversations that can stimulate a more profitable environment for businesses to thrive. My name is Gwega (sighs) Atheoyah for Despite the Government and my guest today is Essien Etuk who is the founder of Messenger NG? They are based in abuja a logistics company trying to solve problems of moving luggages on small and large scales. Thank you so much, SN for joining us again.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So let's begin by establishing a background on your person and your personality. Uh, tell us about you, your educational background, and how you founded this business, Messenger NG.
1: Okay, ma'am. My name is SN Ituk from Akwaibom State in Nigeria. Uh, I attended Covenant University. I studied electrical and electronics engineering for my first degree. Um, after After school, we went for NYSC. After the NYSC, after my NYSC, that was um, the National Youth Service Corps. Around um, 2015, I was done. 2016, uh i started working in um a roofing company then after spending one um two years there from 15 to 17 i began to think of how we could solve the logistics situation in abuja i had a friend in lagos he sold jerseys and he always had issue finding um companies or individuals To help him deliver his jerseys in Abuja, so most times he always had to call me then ask me when I'm chanced or when when I'm free to help him with the errand and things like that. So as it continued that way, I began to start the idea like, oh, the there aren't many logistic companies in Abuja. I think this is a space that I could just plug into and find a way. I have a friend in Lagos that was also doing similar business so she gave me um the heads up the nitty-gritty i um i needed to know before venturing into the business and at that same time my my sister which is my co-founder was rounding up her masters in the uk in supply chain so when she asked when she asked how do i see this what's my plan and i'm like yeah this is what i want to go into this is what is going to be so, January 2018, we started with the awareness, the adverts, you know, plugging into the various social media applications that we had at our disposal to create an awareness. Then we got our bike, our first bike, in February 2018. Before then, we were doing the deliveries manually, that's with our legs and with the vehicles that we had available to us just to see oh is this business viable um are there customers that really need this february got our first bike um by the end of march we had three bikes by the end of may we had 11 bikes and like that we continued to grow and expand as of now we have about um over four dozen bikes in both abuja and lagos so um it has been it has been relatively successful so far and there's still avenue for growth
0: so this is really really amazing because i mean you just stated the story from the very lowest level from planning from the ideation and where you are now and the future is looking good because there is possibility to scale and expand but i i'm i'm fascinated by the fact that you and your sister founded the business. And like you said, she was studying in the UK as well, supply chain major, and you had electrical electronics background from Covenant University. Uh, tell me about how both of you have now come to business because that's like a common story for a lot of Nigerians. You go to school. Usually a lot of us might not be able to apply what we studied in school into the real world in Nigeria, but business seems to be like, like the go to for a lot of people, maybe because you had this background, training with a roofing company but i'd like to know how you came about to become a businessman has it always been there from young age or is it just how the country is set up there's so many problems to be solved and you found value creation in
1: solving that problem um to be honest i i think at first when i started when i started off in my younger days um i i didn't see myself venturing into business that wasn't that wasn't um the first thing of my mind um i always preferred the nine to five personally but like you said the way the country is set up uh it wasn't it wasn't looking feasible and offers that w- that we're getting at that point in time couldn't really help you know it, it wasn't giving um encouragement to actually work for someone. We can't survive on that most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I I just had to get thinking on my own and had to find problems that needed solving. So it was <laughs> some people who actually say we should thank we should thank the condition of the country for giving birth to. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's majorly because of the condition of the country and the fact that we just had to find a way to to make ends meet and i've always been a problem solver and i've always found myself in position of leadership i didn't know that it would come to this but it was helpful in coming to this because most of the situations that we've had to go through um temperament wise i think the logistics space needs a particular type of temperament for you to actually survive you really need an undue amount of patience to make you work so, yes, it's largely based on the way the country is and ultimately the way I am and the way I look at problems and the way I approach them. That's, That's what.
0: Amazing. You just mentioned the business skills that you, you know, uh, as a young person that you have garnered and the leadership skills as well. I'd like to know the skill sets and the... The expertise required to run a business like logistics and freight business um in nigeria with the conditions that we have you have mentioned leadership i'd like to know uh the 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 training you got or the experience you got from the roofing company has that come to play in, in the business now and what other skills
1: are required to run a business like this in the roofing company i was operating on two different roles i was in the it and also in the warehouse at the warehouse that's where you see them loading the roofing sheets um the drop of where they have to take it to that drop of location then you also see um the timing okay what it will cost to move from um, point a to point b so um on that level it it opened my mind to it but i wasn't really paying attention then on on a personal on a personal level what it really takes it's, it's basically, first of all, what it takes for any entrepreneur to succeed is tenacity. You have to be resilient. You have to keep going. You cannot take no for an answer. And any experience you have, you just have to take it as a stepping stone, no matter the point in time. Logistics is, is, um, is a patience game. Um, you have to be well coordinated. You have to be good with your numbers because the 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 way the payments and the money comes in it's very scattered quote and unquote and you really have to be good with your your numbers to know what's going on because you may be it's a, like a daily revenue stuff so if you are saying cash daily doesn't mean all is well and if you're not seeing cash daily it doesn't mean you are in trouble so you really have to be good with your numbers then you have, you have to be good, good balance sheets yes You have to be good with that, um, because as you start as a small business, you your mind may not go towards oh, I need to be keeping records, you know. So at at that point in time, okay, your rider goes out, comes back, gives you cash. You just think, oh, I made it, you know. (laughs) Some some funny um, what do you call it misconceptions. So yes, you need to be patient. You need to be resilient. You need to be good with your numbers. You need to have very very, very good interpersonal skills, especially when dealing with um semi-skilled and unskilled labor. I think it's a very different skill set on its own because these guys are not reasoning on the level you are reasoning. So you really need to know how to beef them up to your levels and pass your message across properly. So these are these are the skills you really need. You know, and you must have a very good, um, what do you call it, reward and um, punishment system. Yes, hmm. it must be very, you know, and you really need to know how to pass the message across to these guys. Because, you know, it's one thing for you to just print documents, 20 pages, outlining the rules, regulations of your company. And it's another thing for them to understand what is really going on. So you need to put more effort in them, understanding.
0: Uh, I'd like to still stay on the skill set uh, part of the conversation. Uh, I remember we spoke before this and we talked a lot about the tech part and the social media because this is how you communicate to your to your target audience. Uh, yeah. Two things. Tell me about the social media and the tech enablement or how tech has enabled your business, the Google Map, the Uh, you know connecting online and all of that and also how do you relate with your riders what's the arrangement like if you can share that do they work as independent riders or do
1: they work as your agents how does it work okay which one do you want me to answer first social media um social media played a big part because it helped us dodge some major costs like uh, you know normally in those days if you really want things to go around you really need to okay pay for it to to be aired on radio at a particular point in time or go as far as getting tv ads which are very expensive what you can do is to print your flyers then go around then also drop at different offices and hope for the best but with social media for example instagram that we majorly use um it has it has um what do you call it um criteria selection For example now okay you want to you want to sponsor an ad okay this ad you want to sponsor who do you want it who do you want to see it so you get okay yes who is my target audience for today or for this week okay i want people that sell food so you know that every food vendor on instagram or in your first of all your catchment area obviously i'm going to pick abuja Okay, I pick Abuja, I could even streamline it to Wuse or Gariki or Asokoro, depending on what you want to do. So, okay, I put it on food, Um, it even has the age range. Okay, what what age range am I looking at? Oh, who, who is going to be at home by this time? I think, okay, people people that are graduates. Okay, maybe you can, okay, let's say people that finish school now. Okay, you can go from maybe like 20, 21, 22 to okay who will be doing food business at this point in time you can stop it at 40 something like that you know so your your everything is really streamlined and it really gets across to who you want it to get to it makes it way more easier than taking flyers and going around abuja you're burning fuel burning time burning energy so social media has really really helped So just with with the use of the algorithm, you just slot in what what and who you want to see your adverts. Then in terms of um, coordinating operations, it makes it easier because, okay, like we use WhatsApp, for example, we can easily use that to monitor the efficiency of the rider. So, okay, we send you an order, and all riders, their, their WhatsApp ticks have to be on blue ticks, so we know also when you've read the order so you've you are sent an order by 901 a.m we monitor when you read it if it takes too long to read it we get to ask you why it took so long to read it okay you read it at this particular time why did it take you so long to pick up okay you picked up at this particular time why did it take you so long to to drop off so with the use of whatsapp the feedback system is actually very very fluent and is very understandable and it's very easy to monitor so that way we are able to be on the necks of our riders and we're able to get back to the clients or customers at any point in time also because of that we know that they're going to be on uh their data is going to really be on so their smartphones get tend to die faster um we now have to enforce power banks on the riders to avoid stories of oh my phone died because my data has been on since you know all those excuses we try to remove them okay. so that this is how we've tried we've tried our best to make everything on point so we ask ourselves the question what is the problem with this then we have to solve it to avoid excuses because these semi-skilled or unskilled laborers are full of excuses and they will use any means to drag the work back especially when they are not personally motivated on their own what do you think that says about the working population here i hear a
0: lot of people say that so you as a chief executive you definitely want to scale you want to maximize profits you want to ensure that value is created and customers are satisfied but there might be people who are in the line uh, in, in the management line or part of the workforce who are not just as interested or maybe they might be lazy or they just don't see that efficient work culture. What do you think that says about the environment we're in as Nigerians? I think the,
1: the freebie nature of our politicians gives every Nigerian the impression that one day it will be my turn, one day I'll chop all this money, one day I'll not have to work this hard, what are these people in office even doing? Why are they so accessible to money? Me, I'm stressing myself every day. And look at my my fellow friend on the other side, just sat down in his house and he's chopping money. That idea is gotten from our politicians. It is from them that trickles down. and Everyone has this belief that one day to be my turn, I'll just sit down in (laughs) office and billions will come to me. Mm. So yeah, that's where the culture is actually from. Mm. when you see that people that don't work are re- easily and heavily yeah. rewarded yeah. yeah we
0: need to fix that that's a conversation for a different episode yeah, a about, different conversation yeah technology and i mean I, i'm fascinated by how you have mentioned instagram whatsapp uh, incidentally owned by the same company now meta and yeah. know, that that brings the metaverse conversation where do you think the the innovation in logistics business is going i mean we see the big the big multinationals the ups the fedex uh uh and the the dhls and you know freight and logistics generally in your own yeah. space and at your level what next level technological innovations do you think you want to Im- embed or or introduce into the business, or how are you looking at the metaverse? The conversations we are having about virtual reality and all this fascinating stuff in tech.
1: Well, presently, I I still think logistics is still heavily reliant on human beings at every turn, so it's it's quite difficult for me at this point in time to think about how it to be automated. First of all, if if I were if I were scaling. I would, at the end of the day, I would still have to develop um, my own software, my own app, so that it will run in the way I want it to run. But there have been many issues, especially with um, last mile delivery, which is what we do the pick and drop, the pick and drop department of our business. So the pick and drop department, uh, I've seen many people try to create apps to um unify everything and i'm um, for it i i really wanted um an app that will serve as like for example the uber for logistics it will make things easier but then i i still see so many loopholes that i would want to i would want to get involved in the team building the app so that i could like um give our own first hand experiences and reasons why xyz would not really work well and how we can optimize that one of the issues that i've seen is that for example um you have a client picking up at at guy the person orders a ride when your rider gets there on the app the customer can just write one drop of location at Wusse. meanwhile when the rider gets to the customer's location to pick up the customer gives the rider nine other drop of locations. The customer gives nine other drop locations and tells the rider that um he or she is too lazy to impute all drop of locations. How do you how do you emphasize on the mm-hmm. customer imputing that? So that's an issue that um, is still human being reliant because the customer is meant to just impute the other nine places and you are looking for money, the customer is ready to pay for the other nine, but says, I am not going to waste my time imputing that. What do you do then? Um, That's just one of many other issues that could come up. Another issue that could come up to me is the funding for these applications that are coming up, because without proper advertisement, people would not use your product so i have been approached by over five, six, seven um applications that have been made to this effect yeah and and I haven't seen any of them out leave you know a year, six months hmm. so in our own space, it's almost still like a waste of money to build an app if you do not have the unlimited funds to further. To. advertise yeah, yeah and i make it um very attractive to people and to other logistic companies to use it so mm. in the pick and drop and this last mile last mile is a very big industry as you can see how very saturated um lagos is and how also very saturated abuja is because out of all i think there are about three four um associations or whatsapp groups in abuja meaning there are over 600 companies logistic companies doing last mile delivery wow yeah and in lagos is over a thousand five hundred so if there are over a thousand five hundred companies you're talking of over three thousand um bikers and here also we're talking about over a thousand also and you can see that it's still a problem just to unify this so like like i said i i'll be really interested in embarking on that project just to give guidance and um headway like oh we can't do this these are the yeah. issues okay can there be a solution? Insight. yeah so yeah just an insight because it's a, it's a problem that really needs to be solved and it will be very lucrative in the aspect of jumia jumia foods glovo and some others they focus on food you know, they they yeah, they focus on food and that's easier to solve, so to speak.
0: Yeah, but when you're talking
1: about yeah, it's directly like okay, you're working with the restaurant, the restaurant orders, whatever the restaurant orders is automated on your system, comes to my system, we assign it to you, right? it's it's really straightforward. But when it comes to parcels and other things that are not, you know, it's it becomes more tricky to solve, but the problem worth solving in my opinion.
0: Yeah, interesting. I feel as soon as there is enough need, uh, because what we are seeing is that a lot more people are getting familiar with the, you know, even the smallest trips of, you know, engaging a logistics company, people are getting familiar. So if there's a large audience, if there's a big market for it, apps like that and solutions like that can fly. So we look forward to what's coming. Let's talk about Abuja Metro. Uh, What's the business environment like in Abuja? I mean, not just logistics, but generally you have been there for, uh, um, um, I think, four years now or maybe more. Uh, How would you describe the environment, the capital city of the country? Do you get privileges? Is it easier to run businesses in the capital city? And of course, you also have offices in Lagos. Uh, You have an office in Lagos. How do you compare uh, Abuja metro to Lagos?
1: Lagos obviously is still the the commercial hub of the country and therefore the the economic standard there is is way higher than Abuja. But then Abuja is a growing economy. Um I think um the IGR for Abuja should be for that's for the FCT, should be number four on the list in the country as of um twenty twenty. That, that's
0: actually incredible. That's incredible because I mean Yes. Uh,
1: so and, and the list as well exactly so and abuja is still growing and um, and the rate at which we see um hold up in abuja we know that it's growing. you understand so this is um this is not how it was i moved to abuja in 2008 and between 2008 and 2021 we have seen a rapid increase in in population very very rapid and that's because, yes, most people decided to move from Lagos. And, you know, I need somewhere more peaceful. I need somewhere more peaceful. And all of a sudden, more businesses are born, which is a good thing for the economy. So, um, yes, there is an Abuja market. And it's, it's, it's very vibrant. Not as much as Lagos. Abuja has less hassles. Abuja is more straightforward. Abuja has less touts. In fact, Abuja doesn't have tiles. At least we know that if there are thousands is from the local government and that's we, that's very understandable. We understand okay, yeah, these are people that are working for local government, that's Amak. No no,
0: uh, no, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. No. No external wala. So you know you just once you pay all the all the required dues, you're good to go. You won't have any issues on the road.
0: Yeah. The association mm-hmm. of Uh, logistics operators in Abuja, of which you are president, uh, which again tells of your expertise and experience in the business. Uh, What does the association do and uh, how is it going? I mean, you mentioned that there are up to 600 logistics operating companies in in Abuja. What's the association like? How does it work?
1: first of all you know you cannot really force every anyone and everyone to be in the association so in the association we're about 200 plus um and because of how volatile the business is many people come in and run out because it's not really easy managing the riders customers with bikes and as an association yes we have done pretty well we have negotiated different um prices with government you know if for example um the doors registration that's department of outdoor advertisement and signage for 2020 and 21 we had our own association price so yes we we, we have done very well in that regard we have um, at least first of all is recognition the association has been recognized so most times when the VIU um that's the department for road transport services the arm of um uh what do you call it the FCDA. when they have meetings and stakeholder meetings the association is always invited so recognition is one thing liaison with the government is another thing then we tend to help our members with jobs if there are any with uh, like for example you are a new company you may not really have many customers at the time and once you're in the association, you easily mingle with people that are short-staffed or that have um, um a surge in their order numbers for a particular day or a particular week or a particular month. So people are able to liaise with one another and say, oh, I need two bags for this month. Who can supply me with them? A new company can easily get business that way. You know, these are the perks for being part of the association. And yeah, we've been doing very fine
0: so let's talk about your, your interactions with government we were talking about this the last time and it looks like it's a lot it's complicated you mentioned the advertising parts that you have to pay for the licensing fee i'm sure it's probably based on renewal you know after a oh, number of years and then you have to talk your riders have to be settled with the vio and it looks like a bogus system can you walk me through you know your how you interface with government and if it has been mostly favorable for you or what, What's the situation?
1: Okay. Um. First of all, we have you have to do the um, VIO registration. You pay for your VIO. That's about fifteen thousand. You pay for your AMAC. That's five thousand AMAC operations permits. You pay for your doors, with covers, um mobile adverts, and uh, gas emission. That's ten thousand. So you pay like thirty thousand in all for those dues, generally speaking. So once you pay the thirty thousand, you a one-off.
0: That's a one off.
1: No. No, they are all um VIO is fifteen thousand renew renewed at seven five, but the rest are yearly. So basically that how it, that's how it that's it works and um, you just get things done. Once those payments are made, everything's done.
0: So- CAC is a general thing for all businesses. You have to do that at the beginning, right? um Yes, yes, we did our CAC because you
1: can't, you can't get corporate, you can't get corporate clients without CAC and um, your team and your account running, you know. But for last mile, that's an I think that's another issue that we've had. You know, anybody can just sit down in their houses, buy a bike, and send it to a customer. I think this, these are the issues with this very largely unregulated sector you know but I that's why I said I believe with an app that with some um with an app developed to unify everybody it will be easier to just get through this way easier
0: can we talk about the value because if government okay. is taking a B and C what what do you think the value you get from government for, for all that, uh, especially the advertising fee, uh, the VIO or, or the road license or whatever, what do you think is the value you get from government to run your business?
1: Um, the funny thing is that I've actually asked government the same question. That's the VIO. When, when we go to pay them for renewal, like, why are we even paying you this money? And they begin to explain to us that, oh, first of all, the good roads that we see in the FCT. This is this is the mo- this is what the money is for. Then we have to pay our teachers in the FCT also. That this money is part of the um this is part of the revenue generated by the government used in paying its workers in the FCT. So those are the reasons they gave me anyway. Um and if you ask me, yes, the roads in the FCT are relatively very good compared to what the roads in the other parts of the country. So that's where they will tell us they're helping us apart from that i do not see any other value
0: but on a general view right uh i look at government takes not just from logistics business government takes personal income taxes from everyone uh company tax as well i believe and all these other taxes and those you know from what we have learned over the years is that the basic taxes go to funding infrastructure and everything but specific ones uh this question is obviously not for you but i i am of the opinion that if government continues to take and take and take from every time they can Harry, uh, that's how you stifle you 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 stop this business's growth money that should have gone into the business to maybe expand and do more it goes to government yeah. and at the end of the day They are not accountable most of the time. But let's talk about expansion and the prospects, the potentials of the logistics industry. I think you may have mentioned part of this, but what are you looking at for your business in terms of expansion? You have about uh, four dozen bikes now, and I believe there is room to do more and possibly go to other cities. Is that in the works?
1: yeah there's always room to do more um as of now we are just rounding up the year so we are still making plans for the year and recently we just started warehousing so we already started an expansion arm we warehouse for shopex tv in abuja so once orders are made we deliver this was the our q4 plan and we are happy that it could it will come into action so yes warehousing is the next step um before we think of other cities at the moment.
0: So so there was a major thing that uh, happened last year I think it was in Lagos state where the license increase in license fee for I think new entrants into the logistics business uh, yeah. How do you assess that situation? I'm sure you saw the the full detail of it. What's your opinion, and what, what exactly was the government trying to do?
1: In my opinion, the government is just trying to take money from the many bags they see on the road. Because yes, we are we agree with regularization. We believe that the industry should be regularized. But we all know that, or rather, from all indications we have seen that there's really no um what do you call it force for regularization so it's almost just like just give me what you have let me take it we don't see any regulation here we we need regulation in the industry that's just the truth but this regulation we don't we don't trust the government to do it that's just we don't trust them to do it.
0: when you say we need regulation in what specific areas is it technical is it policy related? Is it management? What kind of management?
1: Because any Tom, Dick, and Harry can just have a bike on the road. Who is going to stop them? Who is going to check them? The people that are going mm-hmm. to check them, like say the V.I. V.I. is going to check for only V.I. papers. Amak is going to check for only Amak papers. Dwas is going to check for only Dwas papers. Nobody actually checks bikes for C.A.C. documents. You know, so you can actually just be a rider on the road and be doing your business. Nobody going to check anything. In fact, most of the transactions can even be done in cash. Nobody checks anything from this guy on the road. We need the regulation to actually check if, okay, are you meeting to standard? But the issue with this is that um, the 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 quote unquote ginger can only come in batches when when the said industry or the said organization needs money for something, or oh, they have not met their Q1 targets, they come out on the road and enforce. Oh, after a while they're off oh, we've not met Q2, they come and enforce. So it's more about them just making money, not about regulation of the industry.
0: So if, clearly, government just wants to take and make any situation, I mean, you look at uh, other industries, you see what government tries to do in, in, you know, getting as much as they can get from that. Um, In some cases, like Ted Fund, for instance, where 2% of private companies, revenues of private companies, go to a, a post where they disburse a state debt fund fund, debt fund uh, money to universities to advance education. You might want to you know applaud that and say, this makes sense if private businesses can directly fund education. But in some cases as well, in most cases, you just see that money goes to government and they're, they're not really accounted for. So when you talk about regulation, clearly regulation is needed in any system. But there's something that yeah. is called uh, a spontaneous order, where things can just find their level without any force, without any management or 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 anybody checking or you know there there is a there is a system that finds its own level and that's economics. Uh, if there is demand, then there will be supply. If people need something, yeah. So i, I like you to speak on the possibility of another agent or another body regulating the logistics space, not the government. Is that something you think the association can do or what, do, what, what would be an alternative?
1: Well, yeah, we spoke about regulating the industry itself. But like every other thing in this life, you need, you need money to regulate. For example, you need to check everyone that has an association tag or this or that. You need to place people at certain points. We call them tax pits to actually get these guys to comply. Um, I normally say the logistic business is "quote unquote" hard work, especially the last mile. The last person to get the items to the customer goes through a lot. It's not the it's not the one that comes by air or the interstate parcel. No, that last mile is crazy. So yes an association can actually regulate the industry themselves it will even make more sense that way and that's what we've been trying to push but the industry is very volatile business owners that were there last year most of them are not there this year it's very difficult to find consistent players in the last mile pick and drop department of this logistics Mm -hmm. we're talking about
0: yeah i just wanted to know what's the like revenue cap Or what's the industry like? What are the prospects for the future? If we have 1,500 logistics companies in Lagos, we have 600 in Abuja, we have across the country. And if government is taking, even if it's 30,000 Naira per head, that's a lot of money at the end of the day. But uh, revenue for you and your colleagues in the business, what do you think the the, the market cap is like in terms of how much is possible to make? I mean, you're talking about warehousing now. That means we can also do more in the supply chain and the business environment. Is this, as much as people are coming and living, is this largely profitable? And is there is there a big market
1: here? With good management, it is largely profitable. But that's where that's where the problem comes in. The management, you know, like this um, logistics that we speak about. I I believe there are different sectors under it. Someone doing warehousing is not under the same pressure with someone doing pick and drop. Someone doing interstate is not at the same level of pressure with someone doing pick and drop. And the funniest thing is that those doing warehousing and interstate are more profitable than pick and drop. Yet, pick and drop has the highest level of pressure. Pick and drop is profitable, but they are more profitable businesses or sectors under logistics having a pick and drop arm is it's, it's good for the experience to manage the larger bases with easier or less pressure
0: so uh while you talk about pick and drop and something came to mind which is for instance i stay in akure and i want to pass something to my colleague or a friend or a family in adu so i go to the bus station I hand over the, the, the luggage to the driver and I pay him some money to deliver so they can make more when they get to a do. That's like some kind of crude system. I believe it can be better because it's not even regulated. Sometimes the prices are not fixed. It's just you negotiate and you deliver. Is that something logistics can solve effectively? Is is there an innovation to address something like that? Uh, I'm wondering if logistics companies have some kind of way to make that easier, fixed price, and I can assure, I can be sure that my luggage is safe. I want to send something from Abuja to Kanu.
1: okay having a have any fixed price?
0: Yeah, it's very like difficult.
1: That. It's very difficult because different players come in and try to crash price so that they can get more customers. Because obviously, if somebody agrees something between you and him, how how are we going to know about the agreement? You understand? Those are the problems. Um. So for example, the standard for, let's say, Gary to Wuse should be about 700, 700, 800 Naira. Someone comes and does it for 300 Naira, how are we going to stop him? You know, this is it's his agreements And it's a too. Yeah, so. Exactly. Market.
0: But I don't know if you got the part where interstate luggage movement, I don't know if you got that part where transport drivers taking charge of that. Do you think logistics companies have... Like a better
1: solution to helping
0: people move their luggage from one state to another.
1: There are different companies that do interstate at the moment. I know GEO does it, Chisco, Bunnyways, God is good. So they already offer these services. And funny enough, you will now still find their own drivers that will still try to cut the deal, a side deal with a customer, mm-hmm. oh, give me this parcel, so I'll take it for you one five. Maybe company that two thousand. Yeah, so it will always happen in logistics. Always. So you just need to capitalize on your own market and make sure your own is working so that you can easily turn a blind eye to the mishaps. So even if you are trying to create penalties for such, you know that yours is already working. So it's not out of hate, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's now look as if, oh, because they don't, know, they don't want us to eat or something like that. You know, these guys are really funny and they pass very, very, very funny side comments, which we are used to. So you yeah. just need to make sure yours is working. Like it's some people ask me, asking, ah, how do you do it? How do you stop your riders from doing side orders? I told them I, I don't stop my riders from doing side orders. I just try my best to make sure that we have too many others for them to have the time to do side orders. So, those are the factors. Those are the factors.
0: Finally, if you were in a room with, I'm sure you have been in rooms with some of these um, government agents and, you know, representatives, but if you were in a position to effect a real policy change or policy adjustment regarding freight logistics business in Nigeria, maybe the laws have not been written yet or maybe the laws have been written but need some changes. What what specific changes would you like to make uh, to the business or how government
1: handles the business in Nigeria? The funny thing is that most of these laws that are already written down are not implemented till they have interest. So how many laws have we really seen to implement is the real question. What if we, If we go by what they have actually written to, okay, we'll stop this, we'll stop that, we'll stop this. Even, for example, in the FCT, we don't, we don't have, we don't have rider certification cards. So there's no regulation first on the documentation of riders. Meanwhile, they have told us they are going to do this since this is two years ago. Laws, policies, they are not being implemented until there is interest. These are the issues. Implementation of the laws in place, they don't. So I mean, if they can start implementing things that don't give them interest, we can start from there. I mean, we can start from there. But there's nothing, nothing in place that is actually being implemented.
0: Thank you so much. This has been very insightful. If people want to find your business online and in the city of Abuja, yeah. uh, how do they connect with you? Your social media handles and
1: yeah, you can you can easily connect with us on on Instagram messenger.ng or you can go to our website, getmessenger.ng.
0: Getmessenger.ng, that's the website. And Instagram, yes, is your- yes, messenger.ng, yes, on Instagram. Instagram. Thank you so much, S N Etuk, for your time yes. on our podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. You're most welcome. Dear listener, you can find the podcast everywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. My name is Buiga Adelia. This is Despite the Government.